A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. In times like these, it's important to know who you can trust. At last, a new source that's reliably reliable, informatively informational, and never wrong. Unfortunately, you're not listening to it. Instead, you're listening to The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to the Christmas Eve edition of The Chaser Report. We have Nina Ayama, Zoe Norton Lodge, Charles Firth, me, Dom Knight, and our exclusive Chaser newsreader, Rebecca Day Unamuno. Hello, everyone. Merry Christmas. Hello, Merry Christmas. So, big. You're you're here. You're in person. You're in the studio for once. Um, so what are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do for Christmas Day? Uh, I'm contemplating sleeping in um, as late as possible. Uh, then just consuming the same number of hours I've slept in bottles of alcohol. <laughs> Pretty much, that's how it's going to go. And rinse and repeat. And are you? Is there anyone special who you're going to try and avoid this Christmas? Well, I did try to avoid coming in all year uh, to sit with you guys, but. Seems I made it to Christmas Eve. <laughs> I mean, well chosen in terms of the timing, given that you've come right after the massive spike of cases in Sydney. Yeah, great, great decision, Beck. Good to see you. Yeah, no, I'm glad I'm here, Sydney. Who else are we avoiding, Zoe? Is there someone you're going to steer clear of this uh, this Christmas? Oh, my kids. Oh, really? Oh, God. Kids at Christmas, I mean, they just like my kid, he knows what Santa is, he knows what presents are, he wants presents, he wants, like, attention, he wants, like, joy and stuff. And, oh, my God, what a drain. But isn't it the most wonderful time of the year? Well, I guess I'll never know because I'm going to avoid the shit out of him. <laughs> sounds, like the, <laughs> sounds like a job for you, your your parents to take. Grandparents Oh, absolutely. That's why you have grandparents, right, to parent your you know, if you have a kid young like me at, you know, 35 or whatever, I, you know, you've got to have the grandparents to pick up the slack. Nina, you don't, you don't have any kids. You're completely childless and yeah, alone um, in this world. What are you – who are you avoiding this Christmas? I'm also avoiding Zoe's kids. Um, I've heard they're <laughs> a freaking nightmare. And, you know, I actually avoid them all the time anyway, but I just want to say nothing will change on Christmas. I will be far away from those children. Oh, we Sounds should like hang out, plan. avoiding them together. <laughs> yeah, I'd love that. Um, who am I avoiding? I think I'm going to avoid my mum because she asked me for this very specific type of anime and I ordered it from the internet, but it's going to take eight weeks to arrive. So luckily she lives on the northern beaches and so I'm just going to use COVID as an excuse um, as to why her Christmas present isn't here. Also, she watches anime, so that's another reason to yeah, steer clear that, that whole parents. anecdote like just opened up so many more questions, which we'll have to address later in the podcast. And there's a lot I need to know about this whole situation. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm just going to avoid people from Sydney um, on Christmas because apparently there's a lot of COVID. So that, that hey, does mean my entire family. Dom, Dom, that's great because we're all going to avoid you too. Yeah, no, <laughs> I do have to work out how to isolate from myself. Um, but I think it's going to be really horrible and make me feel terrible. So just a normal day really. Uh, well, now so we should probably go to the news because this is mm. the time in the podcast. Yeah, we should we throw to the news. Throw to the newsroom. So, uh, Rebecca, tell us uh, what's happening in the news today. Um, well, well, here's the thing. You see, it's like the week before Christmas, right? What? what? Well, what? it's. No, it's the 24th. Uh, well, yeah, this, 24th is, this is Christmas December, Eve, Rebecca. Uh, we y- came in specially on Christmas Eve. Yeah, yes. see, look, give it, the, the jig is up, all right? Uh, we're actually pre-recording this what? and there are no – I don't know what the news headlines will be on Christmas Eve. I don't have anything to read. I don't think you thought this through. Very um, cool. thought we were going to not say that. Are you saying just because it's a week before Christmas Eve when we're pre-recording this – that you can't actually just tell us the news for Christmas Eve. Yes, funny that. Oh, back, back. <laughs> okay, well, why back, don't you just make have it a up? Start, mate. Just, yes. There's going to be COVID. There's going to be COVID somewhere. So I should yeah. predict what yeah. I think the headline. What, yeah. oh, what happens if some of these are right? What I really want to know. Oh, this what, is really what? perilous and dangerous, and it could be really insensitive and awful. So I'm really going to throw you under the bus. Like you do the predictions. You do all of Nostradamus. Them. Here we go of the newsroom. Okay. I hope they're all correct. <laughs> Mm, so today we're we're mourning the tragic death of who who Beck Santa Claus didn't make it. <laughs> 
this year due to an unfortunate traffic incident in Ultimo. It seems as though Santa's sleigh ignored the new no-right-turn sign that had been installed the previous night and therefore landed in front of a bus. Uh, Rudolph has survived. Blitzer and Dancer are legless. I actually think we should just make up news headlines every week. They're better than the ones that are written by... Um, what about what happened in sport? How did the Adelaide Test um, unfold? In the cricket, India has returned home after an all-in brawl broke out uh, on the ground during the third session of the fourth day. It seems Steve Smith thought it would be fun to chase Virat Kohli with a stump. Virat Kohli thought otherwise. The umpires joined in and when the third umpire decided, yes, it was a fight, the entire crowd did as well. But can you tell us about the um, – are you actually completely improvising this? Or just the, okay, I'm great. totally improvising. Okay, amazing. Oh, cool. Well, okay, Beck. I mean, there's been yeah. obviously a huge uh, scandal uh, at the Capitol in Canberra. Can you mm. tell us about that? Oh, yes. Uh, mm, politicians are no longer able to get superannuation. It seems as though after arguing about it for so long, they all just threw in the towel at the final parliamentary session sitting for the year and decided we don't need the money, we've got investments in all the people that build everything. What about the latest disgrace involving the royal family? I mean, this one's really shocking, even by royal standards. Meghan Markle has called the Queen a cunt. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that one's actually true. I think that checks out. Yeah. Um, There was also like a big food safety issue um, that we need to alert everyone to about Christmas, right? Yes. And Easter egg Producers have been asked to fuck off until it's closer to Easter. (laughs) It seems as though many department stores and supermarkets think November is the perfect time to cash in on the Christmas slash Easter slash every other holiday season and have been placing eggs in the supermarkets early. It seems as though the Easter Bunny has decided that this is just not on and has spoken to the union. The union has said that the Easter Bunny should go on a slow work day, which means that it will take the Easter Bunny slightly longer than it took Christ to rise again. And can we perhaps end on a positive note? What horrible things just happened to Pete Evans? And in uplifting news that will make you want to run to the rooftops and scream hallelujah, Pete Evans has left. <laughs> just everything, the building, the world. He's no longer in our news cycle. He, he's just gone. Sources say aliens decided to take their own back. That was amazing. Hold on, sorry. Like, let's just keep recording. Sorry. Kind of like huge issue. Why don't you do this every week? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Why are you writing, like, shit headlines when you've got the best fucking improviser in Australia here? What the hell is wrong with you? Why did you just think of this? I know, I know, yeah. That's a question for you. Yeah, I just can I just say, is it you in charge of this podcast? Oh, fuck You're off. an idiot. Well, You're an idiot. Like, what are you doing? Each week he's like, oh, we haven't got the headlines yet. We've got to oh, I've got this quickly whip something up. How, how devastating is it that Becky's like 400 times smarter and funnier than you <laughs> improvising <laughs> stupid shit that we're hurling at her? Dom, can we just cut this? Like. Let's go to the next segment. <laughs> I think that she should put replace you. Oh, <laughs> mutiny. Mutiny on the chaser ship. I'm genuinely serious though. Like, you're a, like, what a missed opportunity. You <laughs> fucking idiot. Hey, this is only episode 37 of 40. We can do it for the next three yeah, that yeah. we're definitely not pre-recording. We'll do it for the next three. <laughs> oh, great idea. Okay, let's do that. Coming up on this episode, I'm going to take a look at some of the stranger Christmas traditions from around the world. Oh, I'm going to look at uh, all the sort of Christmas presents that you should buy this year from a 2020 look at Welcome to the Future. So it's all the tech gadgets that you should buy for your Christmas present. We know what Welcome to the Future is by now, Charles. You don't have to okay. explain it just for Christmas. Right. But, but great way to do the thing that you always do and link it to Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It's all <laughs> Um, I'll be talking about all the fucked up stuff people used to put in food in the 1970s for Christmas and I'll be doing a little quiz on it. I was going to talk about like bad Christmas presents I've received but I just actually uncovered a repressed memory about like the worst Christmas I ever had and I'm might just have to get that off my chest instead. The Chaser Report. News a few days after it happens. This episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by Murchy, the Christmas toy. It's about love, about caring, but above all, about collecting the whole set. The Chaser Report. 
Less news, less often. All right, so let's do a little trip around the world uh, to find out how the rest of the world celebrates Christmas. And I don't know about you guys, but I find like the kind of Anglo Christmas that my family has quite dull. I mean, you're eating turkey, which is not great. You're eating hot food in the middle of hot weather. It's just not great. We need better ideas. So let's go to Japan, first of all, and this is a wonderful idea. Um, Because they know that with Christmas, poultry is a thing you eat, and because turkey is not very common in Japan, KFC jumped in and said, you know what you're meant to eat on Christmas Day? KFC. So KFC is mega popular in Japan. You've got to book a place at your local KFC just to get in and have the special Christmas meal that somehow only exists in Japan. I mean, should we all have KFC this Christmas? That'd be a lot easier, wouldn't it? I feel like we should ask the Japanese person in the room. <laughs> stop stop appropriating my culture, Dom. <laughs> no, eat seafood or whatever white people eat on Christmas. Just kidding. I, no, I'm we, half we, white. I know that I eat seafood. We, we eat white bread on Christmas. That's what we do. Why? Because we're white bread day. people. <laughs> is, is that what happened in Japan? Because I've always wondered about this this KFC thing. Like, did is it a KFC? Like, was it a really bold KFC move, or were they just did it just sort of slowly evolve? No, they jumped in. Yeah, they realised wow. that there was an opportunity, and so the Colonel gets Santa like clothes put on. There's a statue of the Colonel outside every KFC in Japan, and they put the Santa gear on. It's like an amazing kind of marketing opportunity. I mean, you got to hand it to them. Yeah. Why is everyone looking at me? I don't actually celebrate KFC Christmas. I just celebrate normal Christmas. You I call it KFC Christmas, <laughs> Nina. <laughs> That's what the C stands for, Kentucky, Kentucky Fried Christmas. <laughs> yeah, but I don't celebrate that. Maybe I should start though. I mean, it feels like a missed opportunity. Like if my culture, like, um, you know, if, if Greek people ate KFC at Christmas, I would be, I mean, I actually do eat Maccas on Christmas morning. Like we, that's how weird, that is a weird tradition that we have, but it's not really a cultural thing. It's just like a, <laughs> it's on the it's way a, home. It's an uncultural <laughs> thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a laziness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thing. I must say, I think Colonel Sanders would have personally liked a white Christmas. That's um, yeah, yeah, supremacist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my my Christmas thing is to go and have dumplings because it's the only place you can get a beer on Christmas Day is in Chinatown. Mm. Um, so you're gonna have dumplings and have a, a beer like on the street. It's great. Anyway, wait, you eat dumplings and drink beer on the street on Christmas? Do yeah, you have Christmas a family? Night. No, because <laughs> yeah. I do the family like lunch okay, man? and then. No, I'm not. Anyway. Dom, uh, so Dom, so Dom's just, this is a real cry for help. Dom's just said that, guys, I just, just FYI, I'm just going to be eating some dumplings on the street and drinking a beer oh. on the street on, on Christmas. I don't know what anyone else is doing. Anyone got any KFC or anything? Anyone, anyone got any, like, any little that, seats at the table? So that's why he keeps on looking at Nina. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can Dom come to your Christmas? <laughs> the sad the sad truth is I used to do that for, like, 10 years every Christmas when I was sad and alone, but now I have a kid, so I'm, there's no way I'm going to be allowed to go and have a beer. Are you kidding? No way. I've got to do the bath and whatever. Anyway, let's move on to <laughs> Norway. Uh, I've got to make this less about me. Where um, Christ- oh, thank God. Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve in Norway is believed to. Everyone How did you crying. make Christmas in Japan about you about yeah. it being really sad? It's the dumbest thing ever. We're talking about this fun Japanese tradition, also, and somehow it becomes really sad and about Dom in like the sub three minutes. It's also like a weird thing of like whenever anyone talks about like an Asian culture, like the whole room looks at me as if I have to like explain everything about it, and I'm like, I don't actually like I grew up here, guys. I don't know that much about Japan. Nina, you know, I'm looking at you because otherwise I've got to look at. Dom or Charles. <laughs> yeah, that, that okay, that's is. understandable. I'm very beautiful, so I'm not so in, Nor- <laughs> in Norway, they hide their brooms before they go to sleep on Christmas Eve. Oh, and you use a broom to clean, dude. Because Dom, great. <laughs> I love this story already. <laughs> because otherwise a witch will take it and fly around. Well, that's just sensible, isn't it? Like, if you've got a witch problem in your country, you put away your brooms. It's the first principle of witch management. <laughs> I like it that witch are like witches are like these magical creatures, but like they can't get any magic started without a broom. Like that just seems mm. not conducive to the entire thesis of witches yeah. who are magic. Like surely, and, like putting a broom in the cupboard mm. is not going to stop a witch who knows like the secrets of the universe. And and also, if you've got a witch in your house, you want her to get on the broom so she can fly away from your house. This oh. is a terrible tradition. I thought you were going to say you wanted to get the broom so she can clean like a woman <laughs> should. Yeah, that, well, that's what I And that's what thinking. I think of you. So yeah. <laughs> sorry. All right. So what about in, uh, in Venezuela and Caracas in Venezuela? What they do is they go to church on Christmas Eve and they go – on roller skates, they actually get the cars out of the the, the middle of Caracas because mm. everyone goes to church via roller skates. I mean, 
That sounds amazing to me. Not so much the church, but the roller skating sounds really fun. Roller skating in church does sound fun. Mm. I haven't really been to church much, but if I was going to go, I think I would. I would get some skates. I feel like it would make church more popular if they turned into roller skating rings. I feel like it would make church like a '90s kind of comedy, mm. like slapstick movie. Yes. Especially if the women wore fairly tight shorts. Yeah. Yeah. All right, is this one a bit too – so that sounded really fun, but is this one too scary? In Austria there's a sort of a, an evil devil who's like the flip side of Santa um, called Krampus and he's a demon who punishes bad children. And so men in, uh, dress up in devil costumes can go through the streets carrying chains and a basket for abducting bad children. Presumably they don't actually – abduct any children, I'm hoping. Is that pushing the, like, don't be naughty thing a bit too far? It's a good grift for somebody who wants to abduct children, isn't it? Yes. It's like we've got yeah. to play quite a long game to create this legend um, uh, <laughs> yeah, for hundreds and hundreds of years and now I'm just going to abduct a pile of kids in the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> Festive, yes. Indeed. Yeah. I think it's like um, Elf on the Shelf but, like, a little bit too far, I think. Oh, that's true because Elf on Krampus the Shelf is on pretty the campus. chilly. Krampus on the campus. Yeah, pretty. Elf on the Shelf is like a psychological, you know, experience for your child because it thinks it's always being watched. It's like you create a panopticon. Nina, are you okay? Is there, <laughs> did you have an elf on the shelf at home? Is the elf here right now? <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> nah. Now, here's something that I didn't know was real. You know how on South Park there's like the Mr. Hanky the Christmas Poo? Well, in Catalonia in Spain there actually is um, a defecating log. So they what they do is... They have a log, what? they draw a face on it, put all these fruit and nuts and stuff in it, and then... Um, Wait, like a like a log or like a poo? No, an actual, so there's an actual log, and then they sing a song which goes, if you don't crap well, I'll beat you with a stick. <laughs> and they whack the log and then the log shits out all of the candies that they've put in it. And then they eat the metaphorical shit. And oh, then okay. linking into that, their nativity scenes have small pooping ceramic figures are because you, it's a it's a festival for pooping. Are you, are you sure this isn't a German thing? <laughs> no, it's Catalonia. So it's just a really budget kind of piñata. <laughs> <laughs> it's a budget piñata and a bunch of pooping characters on, around the Christmas uh, tree. Which is around every piñata, isn't it? Just kids shitting themselves. I don't think we should poo shame. I think I think mm-hmm. you know it, the rush to judgment against sort of festivities based around pooing. That's a very Anglo-centric perspective. But I actually think that's quite a good, because like I think it's a really good cure for constipation Mm. because you know when you're constipated, everyone's like, oh, have these pills or like have some fibre. But when you're scared, Mm. shit yourself. Yes. Mm. So it's actually a great solution because it's like if you don't crap, I'll beat you with a stick. No one wants to get beaten with a stick. Then you have regular bowel movements. This is quite genius, Dom. And and especially if the Haribo uh, candy then you just shit yourself after you've had about five of them anyway. So just a question though, if um like if if these that's just you, man. No, that's just got, you, man. No, the, no. I think you have an allergy that you don't know no. about because that's not no. You're like yeah, and you no, have like five rebos and you break out in hives. It's like so crazy. So and then my throat closes up. It's like so weird. Everyone gets that. So hold on, if you're saying that these poo traditions are non-Anglo-centric, mm. are the poo joggers just doing cultural appropriation? Ah, uh, yeah, it's so racist. And finally, in Portugal, uh, they set extra places for relatives who've died uh, around the table. So you've got your big, lovely Mm. Christmas table, Christmas lunch, and then there's a special chair for Granny who passed away during the course of the year. Is that so? When you when you were doing when you were preparing this segment, by which I mean reading a pre-written article that somebody else had (laughs) done with these ten traditions, were you like, "This is going to be a really fun one"? The one about the table settings for dead people in Portugal. Let's do some riffing on that. I'm going to throw it out there, and I'm going to ask three other people to make jokes about it. I thought it would be really appropriate for the last one to just be a real downer, yeah, just to make everyone feel a bit sad, yeah. You're like, everyone's going to joke about poo and then I'm going to throw them this death curveball and it'll be real confusing. <laughs> anyway, so it was like for every relative. That, that would be a lot of chairs. <laughs> Cumulatively, it would, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. I think, yeah, no, but that's probably quite nice to just sort of go, oh, yeah, that person's dead. I mean, you know, like you could have like a photo or something or like 
just mm. talk about them. Or just, you know, find something that smells a bit like them. I mean, with social distancing, it could be quite good. You've got one person, then however many dead relatives' chairs you need, That's and then the next actually. person. It's like 1.5 metres apart. How many dead relatives apart do you need to sit? This mm. is so awful. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is so awful. This is why I hate it when you bring sad shit. Mm. You make us all look so terrible by improvising bad, is, mean jokes. Do you want a is more a, uplifting one to yes, finish is there, is yes, there a, Just hold on. Is there a risk of over-catering, though, with the dead relatives thing? Because, you know, you'd sit... 38 chairs at the at the table and you go, oh, okay, 38 people are coming, but actually, you know, most of them are dead. You've said, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> if you've seen Casper the ghost, you know that ghosts can actually eat food. Oh, they can eat. Oh, yeah, sorry. they can eat food yeah. and it, like, oh. digests through the system and then yeah. it comes out in sludge on the floor. Thank oh. you, everybody. All right. Well, and then what's, where's that a tradition? Was it like <laughs> Portugal? <laughs> well, well, let's go back to Spain where um, at the end of the year, it's around about Christmas, Everyone gets new red underwear, and um, in fact, the period small, underwear. I uh, don't. No, not not necessarily. Everyone gets the red underwear. Handy though. Yeah, very handy. Uh, and in the small town of La Font de la Figuera, there is a run around the town with the runners wearing just the, the red undies. Quite a nice way to say goodbye to the year. No. Yes. Or just random and stupid. Look, don't make us call other countries' traditions random and stupid. I mean, I don't know enough. You've read one sentence about it. They wear red underwear. Why do they do it, Dom? Let me press this. Why do they wear red underwear? What's it about? <laughs> oh, you don't? Oh, you've not done a thorough prep. Is that what's going on here, Dom? Straight, the strange thing is that the town also has the highest incidence of pneumonia in the country, apparently. So is it, like, really cold? Mm, is it like when you dare someone to do a nudie run in, in Pretty the Pretty much. And, yeah. we, and they go, well, I'm not going to do a nudie run, but I will in my red underpants, and then everyone goes, "Hang on, mm. we've all got red underpants on. Well, it's like let's just do this." Is it? That's oh, what well, happened. Oh, it's like a car makes you go faster. Red yeah. underpants. Yes, that's what's happened. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> I'm going to put my red can, underwear on and run away from these podcasts. <laughs> can we just end on the death one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that you had. Hold on, wait. Keep recording. You did the death one. I like, do one more uplifting one. Everyone has pneumonia. <laughs> And they're naked in the snow. They can tee up with the death one, you know. That will be great fun. I just pooped myself. Merry Christmas. The Chaser Report. More news, less often. This episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by Merchie the Christmas Toy, a focus group-driven universe of characters your kids will instantly want to buy. Your kids will love Merchie, and Merchie will love your kids, as long as you buy them all. The Chaser Report. News you can't trust. So, guys, 2020 has been a big year for food. Uh, it started with people baking their own bread in lockdown. It ended with everything being cake. And then somewhere in the chaos was the Alison Roman shallot pasta recipe, which everyone made and then immediately felt bad about making it because Alison Roman was cancelled. So it's been a very emotional year for food. Now, yes. can I just jump in and say that I have no idea who Alison Roman is or why she was cancelled? Well, then you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> True. That's just, just – can we clarify? I can, I can go into it, but – I'd prefer not to because I don't right. want my segment to end up like your segment. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Nobody wants I'll their segment to end up like Dom's segment. <laughs> That's like the golden rule of segment. The first rule of segment, no, make but it like Dom's segment. I feel like it's an unspoken rule. Like it's oh, it's just- spoken now. <laughs> well, what we, can just, we, could, we could just do the old segments we did on the radio show or we could prepare new things. Which Perhaps I have not quite done. adequately, which you've done. So which let's, I've let's done. Do I was that. just looking to do a little segue. So this for, for this segment, I'm going to go back to a different time, a time where food elicited only one kind of emotion and that emotion was disgust. I'm going to do a quiz on Christmas dishes from the 1970s and you're just going to have to suck it up and take it like people did with the Christmas dishes from the 70s. <laughs> so basically what I've done is I found a bunch of old retro dishes online because obviously I wasn't alive then because I'm very young and amazing. Um, and I'm just going to ask you questions based on that. Some of them multiple choice, some of them not. Are you guys ready? Yes. Okay, so in the 1970s, people loved making food into a Christmas tree shape. Which of these ingredients have not formed the basis for a Christmas tree? A, canned tuna and maraschino cherries. B, cornflakes that have been dyed green. C, spam and tuna inside lime green jelly. Or D, shrimp and olives. So the question is, which of them have not formed the basis for a Christmas tree? I reckon it's the first one, the one with tuna and what was it? Tuna maraschino and- cherries, canned tuna and maraschino cherries. That's what Charles says. Yeah. Right. What um? What does everyone else say? 
I'm trying to work out which would be the structurally hardest one to make into a Christmas tree. Maybe the spam and tuna inside the lime green jelly. That sounds very challenging. Mm. What was the last one you said, Nina? Shrimp and olives. Yeah, I reckon just shrimp and olives. I reckon it's. I reckon all the others were. Were legit. Mm. Okay, the answer is C, spam and tuna inside lime green jelly. Yes. Oh, my God, I should have gotten the pictures up because then I could show you. Why? But that sounds like a good recipe. That would actually be tasty because spam goes with anything. Oh, the question isn't didn't they, did they eat it in the 70s? It's can you make it into a Christmas tree, isn't it? But you could just you could get a mould. You can make jelly into anything. Oh, yeah, it's makeable, but it wasn't um, in this disgusting list of retro Christmas okay, okay, things okay, that okay, I found. okay. Don't worry, it was shaped into another thing. But all those other things, my favourite one was cornflakes that had been dyed green because it looks fucking terrible. Oh, I should get the pictures. Can I just say no, how you much? You shouldn't. So I can get you the shouldn't. Pictures. But then I could, you could hear you guys oh, reacting okay, to yeah, the pictures. Okay. Can I just say how much I enjoy a segment that's driven from a listicle? <laughs> like I completely think that's how to do podcasts. <laughs> Isn't that what you just did as yes, well? Yes, Dominic. It's very professional. All right, well, this one is – Dumb. I actually drew from three listicles. Thank you very much. I did so, my research. So thorough. Okay, so this next question is not a multiple That's choice. That's three times more work than Dom did, by the way. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> so this one's not multiple choice. So there is a dish whose defining feature is three bananas peeled and cut in half, like lengthways, and they're standing upright with mayonnaise dripping from the top of the banana. What Christmas item is this meant to represent? The Opera House? <laughs> Santa's dad at the end of the process? Oh. Oh, because oh, Santa's dad famously has three dicks. <laughs> Everyone knows is, that. Is it? Yeah. Is it- oh, the three wise men. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about Work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Is it it some sort of reindeer thing? No. So we've got... Some sort of reindeer thing, the opera house and... I revised my penile thing to the three wise men because at least, as Zoe points out, there are at least three of them. That might make more sense. And the three wise men, no, the answer is that they were meant to represent candles. <laughs> Guys, you're all the things okay. Because the thing about candles is like you can just have candles on a table with dinner. <laughs> like that's quite normal. Like mm. you don't really need a... They don't need a representative to appear for them because they're busy. The candles but can Zoe, come. Zoe, this is the 1970s. Yeah. It's got to be done in food. And also you can't eat candles, but you can eat bananas that have got mayonnaise oh. dripping from the top. Yeah, and I would. Funny. I would 100% rather eat a candle. <laughs> <laughs> but mayonnaise and bananas, that sounds insane. Hey, yeah. man, it was the 70s. You'd... Anything no. goes. Anything goes. Were you yeah. guys around for the seventies? Did you eat any seventies food? Yeah, I was born in the seventies. Yeah. Like, so you like? Did you did you have any crazy Christmas food in the seventies? Um, we had white bread. Um, Wild we had man. with with the hundreds and thousands on it. Fairy bread. Fairy, Fairy, bread. Fairy bread. That's yeah. not. That's not seventies. That's still a bro. thing. Yeah, that's still a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. I haven't had it since the seventies. You can just literally go get that, like bread, oh, okay. butter. Wrinkles. We can um, do that for you. Really make you Christmas. The thing that we used to have was celery with peanut butter, but that, I think that was an American thing. Oh, really? I thought that started with the parent chap. I thought Nancy Myers invented that. Well, I don't know where, who Nancy Myers is, but um, you know. it's the quick to and fro that makes this so <laughs> seamless. All right, okay. I'm just going to move it. Cut that bit. Let's go to the next question. Um, so this Christmas pudding is only five ingredients: raisins, sour cream, cheese, cranberries, and something else. What is the missing ingredient to this five-ingredient dessert? So uh, first one, vermicelli noodles. Second one, shrimp. Third one, <laughs> avocado. What? The last one, spaghetti. Oh. So there you have four options for things wow. in this Christmas pudding. Well, it needs something carby. So it's either noodles or um, or spaghetti. And, I'm, and I don't think noodles existed in the 1970s. So I reckon it's spaghetti. Spaghetti. What do you guys think? Oh, uh, I think shrimp because the only thing I know about the 70s, 70s food is that shrimp was in yeah. it, like shrimp cocktails, shrimp this, shrimp that's that. That's a good that's Things a good that we'd call prawns now but I'm going to go with shrimp. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't even know if avocados existed no, then. I reckon didn't. like um, I'm, I reckon it's spaghetti. 
You're all wrong. The answer is vermicelli noodles. Oh my god! Oh. Yep. So right it was now, fancy. It was fancy and foreign, was it? Uh, I I have no idea, man. Mm. I don't know why these people. I think they were all on drugs or <laughs> <laughs> whatever they took in the seventies. Free love. Um, so right now we're on one point uh, amongst three. <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> for saying the right thing in the first question. Okay, this is a question that you guys might get. Now, we all know America, um, in America, Christmas is in winter, so it's very cold, which means people like to drink hot drinks. One of the beverage suggestions is actually a soft drink that has been warmed up on the stove. Can you guess the drink? Oh, wow. Not multiple choice. It will be Fanta. It will be Fanta. You're locking that in? I'm locking that in. All right. I know that you can do warm apple cider. Oh, that sounds too nice. That's what I thought, though. I'm assuming it's not that because it's too nice. All right. Um, I think it's like a soft drink. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, it's Fanta. It's got to be Fanta. If it's America, I'm thinking it's root beer because I don't even know yeah. what that is. I'm going to guess like creaming soda. But my yeah. money, I'm going to go ginger beer because ginger festive Christmas. That's all right, what I'm going Ginger on. beer, creaming soda, Fanta. Ba-bow, all wrong. The answer is Dr. Pepper. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Americans like to drink a hot a bit of hot cup of Dr Pepper. Uh. I mean, in our defence, I think getting these wrong is is a good thing. Mm. Not coming up with Dr Pepper. <laughs> no, that's know. fair enough. It does taste like medicine as well. It's not. It's not very good taste. Yeah. Okay, this is. Don't worry. The hell will be over soon. This is the last question. It's a multiple mm. choice question. What is a meat star? Is it a Frankfurt's arranged in a star shape? B, a chopping board in the shape of a star that has pureed meats on the star points and a fire in the middle. C, a pink jello layered with ham and duck pate created in a star-shaped mould. Or D, a meatloaf in the shape of a star filled with a circular olive and mayonnaise centre. My God. I'm just trying to think of which is the most disgusting out of these Mm. ones. It's so hard to know. I'm sort of envisaging this gross. There's actually a giveaway in this one, Mm. which is that. The last one has mayonnaise in it, so that must be the answer because right. I think everything has had mayonnaise in it. All right, I, so Charles going meatloaf with mayonnaise. Mm, I think that the star-shaped chopping board with all the random mm. bits of meaty carnage on each point, I think that's what I – and with the random mayonnaise in the middle. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no, it's got a fire. Fire, fire, fire in the middle. Sorry, yeah, no, yeah. That, that sounds awesome. I'm going to yeah. go with that. Because right. if that doesn't exist, then it should. Yes, um, unfortunately, all the ingredients you said have blended into one fucking disgusting thing in my head, so I'm just going to have to just pass. <laughs> all right, the correct answer is a chopping board in the shape of a star that has pureed meat yes. on the starboard and a fire in the middle. The winner of this game is Dom with two points. Everyone else has zero. Sorry. Does, does that redeem my last segment? No, I'm telling you. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Now it's time for a Christmas-themed episode of Welcome to the Future. Yes, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through all the tech gadgets that were invented this year and that you could use as Christmas presents for tomorrow uh, if you had any sense in buying them beforehand. Well, I'm really glad you're telling us now when it's Christmas Eve. Well, these are (laughs) things that you might, you know, Get for Christmas tomorrow. Uh, so the first one is called Smell Sense. Does anyone want to guess what Smell Sense does? Um, is it like a thing that's like a – what's that thing called? A Shazam? Is it like a Shazam for smells? And then oh. you put it in the air and then it goes, oh, that smells like a flower. That sounds so good. Yeah. You know what also does that? What? Your nose. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> – does but that, I don't know exactly what kind of thing my nose is smelling. When do you ever smell something and go, oh, I don't know what that smells like? Oh, all the time. That's really? such a common thing where, oh, my God, where do I know that smell from? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And it's always mm. a weird thing because you're like, oh, it smells like my childhood. And then you're like, but what did my childhood smell like? It's very confusing. Yeah. Okay. For me, the answer is usually Charles not wearing a deodorant. <laughs> That's the usual one. <laughs> okay, well. Is I'll, it like, oh, hold on, I've got a guess. Yeah. Does it like amplify your, your sense of smell? No, and you wouldn't want it to. That's, yep. That product sounds far too good for a Charles segment. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, think well, Charles invented it. <laughs> it'd, be a very, it'd be a very COVID-friendly um, thing because you lose your sense of smell. So you could Hang yeah. on. But no, is that, that is not. And, and for where you locate this particular item, you would not want it to amplify your sense of smell 
that's a bit of a hint. Smell senses in sensing, or is it smell senses in incense? Maybe sense s e n c e sensing. What is it? Is it something to do with masking the scent of garbage? Ooh, sort that of, would be good. We're sort of getting there. Here, here. I'll let the guy at CES explain. Place this cute little bear inside of the bathroom, and then remotely you'll be able to figure out if the bathroom is safe for you and your nostrils to enter. Yes. <laughs> and w- what is it sensing for exactly? So it's actually sensing the chemical compounds that makes up a human fart. There you go. It's a fart. <laughs> Detector. It's a fart <laughs> smeller. It sniffs the air for you so you yeah. can figure out if there's been a fart. That's genius. So the, the, instead of the inconvenience of using your nose to smell the fart no, smell, you just have a gadget with an app. You just open up your app and you go, oh, yeah, there's a fart. Hang on, but does it get rid of the fart or does it just tell you that a fart is there? It just it just tells you that it's there. But how would you like? Sorry, do do you leave it in the bathroom? Yeah, you leave you leave the little bear in the bathroom, and it smells for you. Right. And so then you know when somebody's done a fart in the bathroom, but you how, go, "Oh, I won't go in there." But then how do you know? Because the bear is in the bathroom, so then you have to go and check the bear, which means you have to go into the bathroom, and <laughs> Wait, then you have to smell the fart that the bear is smelling. Is there an app? <laughs> no, there's an app. It's it's oh. Bluetooth connected. Like you you, you look oh, on your phone. Oh, it's got Bluetooth. Yeah, it's got Bluetooth. And oh, of, of course, course, everything has Bluetooth. Bluetooth. <laughs> Poo tooth. Poo tooth. Yeah. I, I hate it so much. I think like I, I think the thing I hate the most about it is the sort of this bear that's just like a vacuum for farts that's mm. just like absorbing them all. So if you go in and look at this like fart bear that's collected all your farts. I love it so much. Like when the robots rise up, like all the machines will get together, and one of them will be like, "I'm the toaster. I toasted the humans' bed." And one of them will be like, "I'm a fridge. I kept the humans' food cool." And then one of them will be like. <laughs> I'm a fart bear and I smelled the human's farts so that they didn't have to go into the toilet. And I'm just a cute bear and I just smell their farts all day. What if every fart makes it stronger? I think it might be one of those things where that is the, that's the thing that pushes them over the edge, isn't it? Like That's going to be where the revolution comes from, from the smell sense. Okay, so we're now in the bathroom, right? Great. And... Um, there's a, a company called Cola, which is actually quite a big old engineering company from America. As in Coca? As in colon? Uh, what? As in, uh, um, as in Cola? Coca-Cola? <laughs> and, and it decided to, K-O-H-L-E-R. Oh, gotcha. It decided to get into the smart device business this year, uh, but they wanted to do it in a classy way, um, mm-hmm. not just, you know, fart detectors or anything. <laughs> Um, And in fact, this is the principle that their CEO laid down. The key question when when I'm looking at anything is, you know, what is this, is it meaningful? What does it really do to enhance the user experience? And we don't want to do technology just for the sake of novelty. Yeah, exactly. So you don't want just a cute bear smelling your farts. You want to really, you know, find (laughs) things that can be made smart in the toilet that, um, that you, you know, are really useful, right? So how could you usefully bring the internet into the bathroom? Like what 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 sort of devices? Arguably, do you I need already do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So what you're saying is it's useful to have a phone in there. Oh, I bring my phone in there yeah. all the time. Well, I mean, what if you forget your phone? What if you forget your phone? Oh, internet projected on the wall. Maybe is it, is or- it porn? Laptop? No, no. Oh, God. Something no. that analyzes your poo to see if it's there's more, COVID in it. It's more integrated than that. It's an Alexa enabled smart toilet. Kohler's smartest toilet, the Numi, is getting the Kohler Connect treatment as well with the addition of app and Alexa voice controls. And yes, you can ask Alexa to flush the toilet. You can ask Alexa to flush the toilet. You can also ask it to do anything that Alexa does. So you can actually, this is honestly true, you can ask it to play music, you can ask it to order Uber Eats. You can even ask it to post to Instagram what you had for dinner last night. Sorry, okay, hold on, hold on. Sorry, I just need, I just need to understand something, right? Because this mm. is an Alexa-enabled toilet, but I just feel like the toilet is like the real estate agent, the middleman. Like, what the fuck does the toilet have to do with any of these things? Alexa's just doing them. Yeah, you could, you could just like have Alexa's an Alexa ordering speaker. Your, like, what is what is the toilet no, have to do with you it? You could just well, have the Echo Dot. Apart from the flushing, there's no the only other thing. Like, it flushes, yes. Everything else, you just have an Alexa speaker in the in the bathroom. So you're saying that the eight 
$1,000 price tag for this device <laughs> yeah. is, is not worth you it. Because that's 50 what you're bucks on an Alexa little speaker. If you want something stupid to flush your toilet, just get one of those funny little like chicken things. It's got like a ball on the end that just tips over and mm. just leave it next to the flush. Yeah. I mean, that is a good point. Yeah, Actually, you're just thinking about it. Yeah, you could do that. But you wouldn't be able to tell your friends... I've got a a, a smart yeah. toilet. A smart what a great toilet. talking point. And does that bird post to Instagram? I think not. Does is that bird going to sing to you? I think not. It might. But mm. hold on, how does it flush the toilet? Like it's a, if it's Alexa. Like what is also? It? Sorry, I need to think about this bird for a second. But because it will mm-hmm. be repetitively pressing the toilet button, that means the toilet will be flushing like every second of every day, and that's not very water friendly. <laughs> also, does the bird know the bear? Yeah. Are they friends? Yeah, in the revolution of all the robots is the bird. The bird's not electronic though. Well, I don't think I think the, the bear would look down on the bird. The toilet's not going to be able to rise up anyway because it's it's cemented into the ground. Like you can't Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> to imagine all this army of toilets marching down the street. Going, no, no, we had the worst yeah. job. So but does does this meet the CEO's criteria of not being a novelty? An $8,000 smart toilet? It's definitely not a novelty in that it doesn't delight and amuse briefly. It's just a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, look, I know that this segment usually just pours shit on the tech gadgets, but I actually want to leave you with a gadget. uh, The last one was literally just pouring shit on a tech gadget. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I want to leave you on a bit of a high. It's Christmas Eve. I want you to sort of, um, you know, you, and I want to bring you something that I believe is actually useful. Uh, now, 2020 was a big year in tech. Um, vaccines were produced in record time. Uh, we had reusable lock, rockets uh, were put into regular use, use all around the world. All great um, household items. Yeah, we had the reusable rockets. Smart, yeah, smart man. toilet. You don't have one? Um, reusable segments from our radio show, uh, particularly this one. But I think that 2020 will be remembered for one invention and one invention alone. And what is that? Uh, it involves toilet paper. So you're on the toilet, the paper runs out, what do you do? You get Alexa to order more rolls from Amazon and they arrive in just oh, 24 hours. That's so 2019, John. You call up Charles Firth and you get four rolls of his <laughs> beautiful printed toilet paper. I like your thinking, Nina, but no, there's an actual invention for this exact moment. This is Technology 2020, the world's first toilet paper droid delivery system. <laughs> um, never run out of TP again. Robot delivers a fresh roll to you on the bowl. Amazing. Just absolutely amazing oh. innovation here. It's just a tiny little, it looks like a Roomba or something like that, but it's got a little sort of thing and it brings you a, t- a toilet roll. Is it voice roll. command? Do you say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to go, get me some toilet paper. I've got a couple of concerns. Firstly, is the door open for it to fly in and out of the bathroom? That's like kind of gross. Secondly, it's invented in 2020, a year well known for the complete lack of spare rolls of toilet paper <laughs> everywhere. Because just come and say, sorry, nothing, it's sold out everywhere. It, it's funny. I actually don't need this one because um, I've recently, like my kid, he's like, you know, two and a bit, and he's recently just done his first useful thing, which was like I was like ran out of toilet paper and I was like, Oi, get us a get us a roll. And he was like, okay. And he was so excited to like do a little task, like a little tiny, <laughs> like my tiny little toilet paper butler. So I can also recommend, you know, you can borrow my kid if you want. Okay. Well, actually, that, and that might be And how much is well. that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I invented him. Um. <laughs> well, although I'm thinking. 20 bucks? I'm, yeah. Conversely, I'm now thinking of swapping my two-year-old for a toilet paper drone. The Chaser Report. News you know you can't trust. So, uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Are we all excited about the big day tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you excited about getting gifts or? Um, I'd know how excited I was if this wasn't pre-recorded at a time when a massive outbreak was just beginning. So I don't know how excited I'm going to be in a week. Yeah, I mean, I think didn't we discover that you can't really get COVID from gifts, like from opening presents? Like that was a bit of a myth at some point. But you can, I think you can open your gifts. Yeah, you can open your gifts as long as they don't have spit on them. Except, uh, like, I've got friends in New York, and they all they desanitize or sanitize, I suppose, um, all their shopping before they unload it. Like, I think that is a thing in places where around the world where 
there's lots and lots of COVID. Mm. Yeah, you probably do have to. Be I think careful. it's okay as long as your gift is wearing a mask. Then it's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, I was gonna talk. Okay, I was gonna talk about some Christmas presents that I've received in the past because I have had some traumatizing um, experiences and like the most. Uh, I've got two really traumatizing ones. Like one was when we were at like um, my aunt and uncle's place for Christmas, and my um, mum opened a present from like someone's grandmother, mm-hmm. um, very old lady, and it was like like a belly dancing skirt <laughs> and we were like, okay, I mean, that's a very weird um, gift. And then um, gave my dad um, some chocolate body paint and I don't know whether oh. she thought, I don't know whether this was like an informed gift. I don't know whether it was just like, oh, that's a lovely skirt and some nice chalky or if it was like, you know, I want to. This I, couple I, is freaky. Yeah, I want to <laughs> yeah. just give this freaky couple who are my parents some um, some some stuff. I don't know. But that like that was that was one year, but then like the next year. You know what I reckon it is? I reckon it was left over from that freaky grandma. Because <laughs> you know how people re-gift things? Like, ah, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. oh the oh. Norton Lodges are here. Ah, yeah. oh, I didn't get anything for, you know what? Yeah. Let's give them that. You're so right. She freaky was like this sex yeah. stuff that we haven't put our fingers in totally. yet. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that they have. Like who who, who knows? I bet or you don't know your parents as well as, as this person does. Mate, I'm, I'm confident I don't know my parents. I, my parents, like, they're, they're, you don't want to know them. We did like a Christmas, um, we were doing like the quiz one. One, one Christmas and like um the the question was <laughs> was what's the first public holiday of the year right mm. okay and what can I can you guess what my dad answered so it's not New Year's Day well, I mean, you think it's a pretty, it's a pretty like obvious, yeah. like. Yeah. Particularly because right. this was published yeah, yeah. at the time. It was like the, the, oh, you know, my the, God. I was going to say Australia Day. <laughs> <laughs> Such a better guess than my dad. <laughs> Easter, well, Easter, Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. He looked, he looked at us, right? Probably, and like, let's Thank, just, just to be clear, like you're doing the quiz in the morning. It's like 1030. There's no, no one's drunk yet. And he's like, thinks about it for a second. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's the second of Christmas. Oh. <laughs> what? We were like, What? And he was oh. like, the second of Christmas. And we were like, okay, let's just unpack <laughs> this, right? Let's just unpack this for a damn minute. So it's like, okay, yeah, so granted there are 12 days of Christmas, but none of them are called the second of Christmas. <laughs> was right? he trying to say Boxing Day? And the second, yeah, <laughs> even if he was, that's definitely not the first public holiday of, of the year. year. It's famously like the last one. I mean, the only thing I'd say in his defence <laughs> is that the second of Christmas is actually a better and a name that makes more sense than Boxing Day. Yeah. I'm going to call it that yeah, from now yet, on. And, and yet that's fair enough. And yet would you describe Boxing Day as remotely close to the beginning of the year? No, no it's, more, it's more, it's in fact technically the final public holiday of the year. Was it, is it some sort of orthodox church thing where, you know, I don't know, Christmas falls in the new year because of the moon. I mean, he's Welsh. It? like, <laughs> but, but he is orthodox yeah. Welsh. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, I uh, mean, he was, like, he... was he on heroin or something? Or he does. Okay, like, okay, I'll just tell you something else. This isn't Christmas related, but, like, he has a real way. With, like, the other day, like, literally, he was like, oh, yeah, have you seen... <laughs> Have you seen the code of outbreaks today? And I was like, go deep. Code of. I was like, yeah. I was like, how can you mistake COVID? <laughs> like it's that's the word that everyone must have heard. Like it's the word of the year. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> also he also and he gets quite defensive about it. And like just to be clear, like mm. he has all of his faculties. He you know yeah. like he's a he just has a weird, real way with words. And for a, quite a while. He was saying he was called it, and I'm not talking like you know on the second of March. I'm talking like late into the year. We we we're talking about this illness, this condition, a million times a day. Everyone's talking about it, and he was like, "Oh, you know, blah blah has coronavirus." And I was like, <laughs> "What?" That's are, a better name. Like, are, these like, genes, are these genes? Are these genes? Harry Potter spell. Like. <laughs> <laughs> are these genes why your your son, instead of saying car hunts, is hard cunt? Oh, There's yeah. some, some jumbling what? letter genes. Yes. It might be, yeah, Nina. So you did miss this. So I recorded um, <laughs> my kid. We, we organised a little car hunt for him, like, a little, like to collect cars. We wrapped them up. And he was like, I want a hard cunt. <laughs> Doesn't everyone. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Uh, I have another Christmas story, but is that, is that enough? Do you want to I think one? that's enough. Okay, that's great. Oh. Okay, perfect. I was going to say, it's like he's trying to own the coronavirus. Like, you know, when you own someone, you don't want to, like, say their name properly. Like, I'd be like, 
what's his name? Charles. I'd be like Charlie or whatever. You know, you like deliberately. Charlie miss- Oh, like dismissive of yeah. it. And yeah. you deliberately say people's names wrong to like, you know, kind of make them angry and yeah. in, incite anger in them. I, you say that, Nina. He also, <laughs> he also, when my sister was younger and became um, vegetarian, <laughs> he was like, oh, so you don't drink, you don't drink soy milk then? And we were like, okay, what do you, let's just, let's just stop for a minute. What do you think a soy is? And he was like, <laughs> you know, like a soy, like, like, like moo, like a soy. And we're like, do you, do you think a soy is an animal? <laughs> and I think he'd confused a soy with a sow and well, then thought it went moo. But it is, <laughs> it is true that, um, it makes no sense that soy would have milk. Like, I think I'm on your dad's side. That soy this. is an animal. No, 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 but it makes more sense if it is an animal. Mate, you're riddled with coronavirus of the brain <laughs> if you're on my dad's damn side. None of the medical advice contained in The Chaser Report should legally be considered medical advice. The Chaser Report. This episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by Murchie the Christmas Toy. I don't know about you, but I'll be getting my kids a Murchie Mobile this Christmas. They come in costly cream, rip-off red, and pester power purple. Check them out on YouTube and every other screen your kid looks at in the lead-up to Christmas. The Chaser Report. Less news, more often. Oh, that's about all we've got time for, except Rebecca's still here, so why don't we throw something else at her? Oh, you know, there was that huge weather event. Oh, yes. Uh, Tasmania is bracing themselves after being blown completely off the map. (laughs) Huge winds finally forced the tiny Tasman Isle to eventually leave the map, as many have been hoping would happen for quite a few years. Now it seems as though the Premier of Tasmania is about to start his own uh, nation, micro-nation, to be called Tasmania Land. (laughs) Oh, just I've just had word. I've just had word. None of that is true. None of that is true. <laughs> Big thanks to our producer, Mike Liberale, and to you for making it this far through the podcast. You can find out more at chaser.com.au. But, frankly, those headlines aren't as good as the ones that Beck comes up with on the spot, so don't. Now, but we're going to leave you with a very special ad uh, for a very special product and I employ you, and it's not just because I own shares in this company, I implore you to please buy it this Christmas. Merchie the Christmas toy is back just in time for shopping season. From the makers of the Merchie Mobile, the Merchie Moonbase and the Merchie Offshore Tax Haven comes our most overpriced piece of plastic yet. Merchie's 2020 lockdown themed dollhouse. Hi kids and welcome to my dollhouse. You're going to be spending a lot of time in it this year. The 2020 dollhouse comes complete with an extra big toy fridge to hold twice as many toy wine bottles as normal and an entire range of newly purchased exercise equipment that has barely been touched. Hey Promo, let's just stare at our iPads all day. That sounds like a great idea Merchie. The Merchie the Christmas Toy 2020 Dollhouse. Guaranteed market tested to make your kid want to buy them all. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.